at st judas by henry blake fuller this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. at st judas al fondo che divora lucifero con giuda inferno thirty one in the abyss which swallows up judas with lucifer longfellow's translation persons the bridegroom read by nemo the best man read by thomas peter the sacristan read by todd a procession of priests and acolytes eight painted windows stage directions read by sonia the sacristy of the church of st judas time ten minutes before noon a pealing of bells is heard the sacristy is a great octagonal room of sculptured stone its groined vaulting is upheld by one central column which is wreathed from base to capital with a band of pale carven flowers and its eight windows broad and high trefoiled and quatrefoiled flood both floor and roof with an endless dapple and ripple of variegated light under one of these windows an open door leads into the church through this doorway one sees the chancel banked with flowers and above the decorous murmur of a thousand tongues one hears the tones of the organ and the voices of the choir-boys present in the sacristy the bridegroom and his best man both are in full uniform each wears white gloves and carries a sword in ten minutes ten minutes more in ten minutes as you say the bridegroom fastening his glove is that a long time or a short time a long time i think a short time but much may happen within a short time much may happen in ten minutes how soberly said are you as jovial's one's closest friend should be perhaps not this day it means so much for me the bridegroom unfastening his glove as much as it means for me as much yes quite as much perhaps more not more for it means everything in the world for me it means everything in the world for me now that voice vibrates with such a degree of interest as i have felt this day demanded now i begin to recognize you the first time for a month i am the same i am unaltered the bridegroom refastening his glove no no you have never been quite the same since i told you since you heard of the great change in store for me how did you tell me in your sleep your own pillow close to mine i felt myself an eavesdropper i felt that i had betrayed your confidence not betrayed only anticipated you would have known within a day you have known everything else you have shared my thoughts my ideas my secrets my ambitions we have eaten together we have slept together we have fought side by side 
we have the same age the same height my eyes have always been able to look level into yours we are of the same bulk as well who shall say that even at the present moment i am not wearing your coat and you mine that has happened more than once you have saved my life i have saved yours have we not pledged an unbreaking friendship we have the first of the eight windows comes to life there is a flux of colour and of outline among its mullioned lights gradually two figures among its ranks of churchly warriors become strangely secularized they raise their crossed swords on high while their left hands meet in a clasp of friendship the colours upon the pavement shift in correspondence and from the church or from spaces far above and beyond it there come the tones of the ecce quam bonum but for you my bones hacked by african sabres might now be bleaching upon the desert sands but for you my own gnawed by nameless fishes might now be lying at the bottom of the sea your arm sweeping through that burning air saved me for to-day yours cleaving through those angry waters saved me for for to himself for what yes you have saved me for to-day a moment more and i shall stand where i have long hoped to stand and shall take the vow that so long has been ready on my lips at last all obstacles are brushed aside at last the way stands clear those obstacles you know my combat with them as well as i myself at every step on every hand this mysterious opposition this determined and unceasing enmity from what source could it come from what motive what enemy have i the worst should stay his hand at such a time as this true true i pass over the attempt to embarrass my fortune and i will say nothing of the efforts made to transfer me to another regiment and to have me sent back to the wars nor will i dwell upon the conspiracy disclosed by the repeated advice from so many friends to forego this marriage for few of these advisers were close enough to me to have the right to speak fewer still had any definite reason to tender and all were but too plainly moved some of them unconsciously perhaps by one hidden yet dexterous hand let all that pass how did the real attack begin what was the first thing to be insinuated yes i remember the second of the eight windows is endowed with a moving consciousness ten honourable knights rise in a semicircle and look down with an open apprehension in their pure young eyes upon the pair beneath an indignant diapason rolls in from the organ and distant voices are heard to chant the in quo corriget a shameful whisper creeping hither and thither named me a cheat a trickster a gamester i have played yes it is the privilege of my order of my profession but i have never played otherwise than honourably never otherwise than honourably 
A hundred tongues came to my defense. Only one was silent, yours. I can never thank you enough for that. Your perfect confidence would not deign. Your certainty of my innocence made it seem... Unnecessary to defend. The knights look into one another's eyes and shake their heads and turn away their faces. I strangled the slanderous report, though she, indeed, had never doubted me, and I struck down the only man who dared repeat it openly. But what came next? After defending my honor as an officer, I was compelled to defend my honor as a suitor. The third window sets itself in motion. A band of chaste young damsels brush forward through ranks of tall and rigid lilies and curve their lustrous palms before their ears to hear the coming words of ill report. Voices, not theirs, intone the words of the Noli Emulari. A score of lying words placed in an honest hand. A villainous bit of paper brought to the gaze of a pair of trusting eyes. Who could have done it, I ask, and why? We never learned. I have indeed lived freely, but who shall say that I have seriously overpassed the bounds? The damsels blush and stoop to hide their faces among the lilies, but their blushes are repeated upon the pavement. No one. I went to her brother. What I told him satisfied him, but who could have written that letter? and why you never learned but his bad followed or worse what was next attacked my courage as a soldier mine mine the fourth window an army with banners the leaders of the host rest on their sword hills and gaze downward with satirical and contemptuous smiles above the ranks rise flags of scarlet and purple that flaunt in airy derision and dappled a sculptured pillar. I demanded a hearing. I combated the unworthy charges sent back across those wastes of sand and of sea. I summoned my witnesses. You spoke for me, briefly, quietly. One might almost have said reluctantly. You were above such accusations. Your words, added to those of others, sufficed. And that evening, Angela kissed me for the untarnished soldier that I was. Then I said enough. To himself? Too much, perhaps. The leader of the army lifts a foreshortened sword and makes a movement as if of warning. But neither of the pair interprets his movement, for neither sees it. I came at last, then, to stand forth whole sound unscathed i but the others my bride her parents the fifth window a rising of the sheeted dead the sun half hidden by a passing cloud but partly penetrates the dull and spectral panes a rumour ran that my orphaned bride had been born out of wedlock that no priest had ever blessed the union of Oh, it was foul. I beat at the doors of town halls. I rained blows upon the portals of parish churches. My Angela, 
should not be thus doubly and disgracefully orphaned i searched the records dim and dusty as they were and i brought the truth triumphantly to light the sun reappears the dead throw back their cowls their eyes sparkle their cheeks are flushed with life they raise their full-fleshed hands in benediction but who could have started that rumour and why who indeed you have never learned but even that was not enough worse followed you know what word passed that angela herself no no i cannot say it i i heard that she was false the sixth window a trio of female figures love truth and purity entwined in one another's arms their eyes are startled their garments quiver and scintillate in reds and ambers and pale greens their mouth open but whether in condemnation or in defence it is too soon to say from that quarter or from another there comes the chance iniquos odio habui that she was untrue impure yes but the last great lie was faced and routed here i await her one moment more and she will have come happy tears course iridescently down the cheeks of the three virgins hark hark i hear even now their carriage wheels without the sacristan enters noon and past noon and the bride does not come the chimes have long since ceased pealing the whole church questions and whispers do you not hear nothing can prevent that let the bells be heard too the sacristan closes the door leading into the church and retires by means of a second one opposite through walls or doors or windows are heard the words quare femurunt gentes the bells may ring but they will bring you nothing what do you mean my friend she will not come the seventh window the seven cardinal virtues they change with a slow but relentless movement of colour of outline of feature into the seven deadly sins this transformation like all the others passes unheeded she will not come have you not heard heard what what everyone else has heard what fills the church with smiles and whispers even now what have you to tell me it is always thus the most concerned is ever the last to learn what have i to learn this that she has sinned that should have been said before or better and more truly not at all they say that she has sinned and sinned with me oh my enemy unseen but unrelenting and what is your response were the other reports true not one of them ah perhaps the chimes will begin again perhaps the bride will yet appear perhaps those whisperings will cease 
Do you hear them? Yes, even through that door. Do you hear the bells? No. Do you hear the bride arriving? Not yet. Ah. A pause. Is it true, what you say? Is it true? Is it true? Why need that matter? It is nothing. Let it pass. Nothing? Let it pass? Yes, I am here, and she will never be. You may wait, but you shall wait in vain. He places his hand upon the other's shoulder. If she were to come, I should not let her have you. She shall not have you. Nobody shall have you. What is your meaning, Oliver? The deadliest of the seven sins hides her face. It is too hideous for contemplation. I shall not let you go. Our friendship has been too long, too close, too intimate. It shall not be destroyed. It shall not be broken. No one shall come between us. Peace, Oliver, in heaven's name. Why have we lived so long together? Why shared each other's every thought? To be completely thundered now? Why did I save your life? To have it taken from me thus? Why did you save mine? That you might cast this blight upon it in the end? She shall not have you. I will do everything to prevent it. I have done everything to prevent Ha! It is you who have attacked my honor? Your honor is secure. It is you who have questioned my courage? You are brave. I believe that. It is you who have insulted my love? No one loves you more than I. The sculptured wreath entwined round the great central column rise in descending spirals like a vast serpent. You are a liar, a traitor, a perjurer, and you shall die. One of us shall die. One of us too shall die. It shall be you. One of us shall die. One of us three. She shall die. It is she who has come between us. The bridegroom, drawing his sword. You shall die. I shall kill you with my own hands. The chimes begin to ring. A sound of rumbling wheels and trampling hoofs is heard outside. A procession of priests and acolytes crosses the sacristy on the way into the church. They pause at the signs of combat. Ah, she comes. She believes in me, and so shall all the others. They do already. I will not believe the throng makes sport of our fair fame. To the priests. Move on, move on. I will follow you within a moment. The procession traverses the sacristy and moves on toward the high altar. The bridegroom shuts the door behind it. The best man, springing forward, thrusts him from it, and then stands staunchly with his own back against its panels. You shall not pass. You shall never pass. To her. Stand aside. Let me through. I do not mean to fail at the last moment. 
I shall not allow so many good endeavours to go for naught. Stand aside. I hate you. I detest you. I despise you. I loathe you. You hate me? That cannot be. I hate you with my whole heart. I loathe you with my whole soul. You loathe me? I, who, who have done so much. You are not fit to live. You are not fit to die. But die you shall. I shall not kill you. You shall kill yourself. You shall do it now. And I shall see you do it. You have no other road to redemption. We have been friends always. I have loved you all my life. The thought of her made me mad, m made me desperate. Time presses. Use your blade. The eighth window. The angelic host trumpeting from the clouds, while Lucifer plunges headlong toward the pit. The wonder is that he can fall so long, so fast, so far. When the bridegroom opens the door into the church, the bride is seen coming up the aisle, while the choir-boys and the organ unite in a resounding gloria. Upon the floor of the sacristy lies the body of a man in a pool of blood. As the bride and the bridegroom meet before the altar-rail, the eight windows, dappling the floor of the sacristy with a thousand varied splotches of colour, but there is one, broader and brighter than them all, shut up back convulsively to their pristine selves. End of At St. Judas by Henry Blake Fuller